success. Media. Network. 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 This is your show. Good day, successors. I'm Antonio Holman, and welcome to the Four Principles of Success, number three, where I chat with successful people about how they enhance their businesses and lives in the areas of knowledge, health, wealth, and spirituality. Today, we're talking to Jessica Rhodes. Jessica is the founder and CEO of InterviewConnections.com, the premier guest booking agency for podcasters and guest experts, and she is the acclaimed author of Interview Connections, Rock the Podcast from Both Sides of the Mic. Along with being a speaker at Podcast Movement, Podfest.us, and Dream Business Academy, Jessica is the host of Interview Connections TV, where each week she helps her viewers rock the podcast from both sides of the mic. She hosts and co-hosts three podcasts, Roads to Success, The Parenting Roads, and The Podcast Producers with Corey Coates, which was selected by Apple as a how-to podcast show in iTunes, and has also been included in the syllabus for a course about podcasting and audio journalism at Western University in Ontario, Canada. Jessica, are you ready to help our listeners prepare for success? I'm ready. Thank you so much for having me, Antonio. Excellent. I'm so glad you're here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jessica, that was a juicy mouthful of information about you, but (laughs) we really don't know anything about your personal life. So how about you give us a little hint? Sure. Yeah, I live in Rhode Island up here in uh, New England, northeast part of the United States, and I'm married. I have two kids. My son, Nathan, is three and a half and my daughter, Lucy, is about 16 months. And um, yeah, I started my business because I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom in my my previous life before I was an entrepreneur and a podcaster. I ran a nonprofit field canvas. So for about six years, I worked at Clean Water Action. And what we did is we went door-to-door through neighborhoods and we activated people. We community organized around environmental and public health issues. We did fundraising, uh, did political organizing. So I was in a very different line of work, but I wanted, when I became pregnant and wanted, you know, we started our family, I really wanted to be a stay at home mom because when you work in nonprofit and work in politics, they're long hours and the pay isn't great. (laughs) You don't really Mm. do it for the pay. You do it for, you know, the passion that you have for what you're doing. And life just kind of changed for me when I uh, realized I was going to become a mom. I wanted to change things up. And so my dad, who's a business coach, uh, told me about being a virtual assistant and having a home-based business. So it was really my my passion and motivation to be a stay-at-home mom that kind of opened my eyes to the idea of being my own boss and, and having a business. Wow. So uh, for, for those who don't absolutely know... Uh, Tell us what your company does and how it can actually help podcasters and podcast guests become successful. Sure. My company is Interview Connections and we're a guest booking agency. So when I first started my business as a virtual assistant, I was booking people on podcasts as a guest expert. That was My dad was my first client. So he's a business coach. He kind of got me into being a virtual assistant, which is, it's an online business owner, somebody who provides services virtually. <laughs> and so one of the first tasks I was doing was booking people for podcast interviews and finding guests for my clients' podcasts. And as I was making those connections and you know introducing people to each other for interviews, I started getting questions. People started saying, well, you know, do you do this for other people? I didn't know there was somebody who actually connected people for interviews. I've just, you know, podcasters would tell me that they've just been finding their own guests. And if people were getting interviewed, they said, I'm just, you know, I'm getting requested or I'm finding my own interviews. I don't have anyone doing it for me. And so podcasting was really starting to get popular at that time. We're talking about 2013 fall, uh, spring, summer of 2013. And, um, and so I just kind of had this light bulb moment of, you know, a wanting to, wanting to scale and grow my business and do, you know, make more money, but not necessarily work more and more hours. Cause I had a newborn at home and B, I just saw this need in the marketplace of, of people wanting to start podcasts, but not knowing how to find guests and people that wanted to be guests on shows, but not knowing how to go about getting themselves on shows. And so I created interviewconnections.com to be the premier, you know, guest booking agency for podcasters and guest experts. So in our company, we work with both 
podcast hosts, people that have a show, need guests, don't know how to find them, don't know where to look, don't know how to get them on the show. So we serve them, we find and book their guests. And then we also work with entrepreneurs and subject matter experts, people that want to be getting the publicity and exposure and, you know, making the relationships you can have when you're in a, a guest on a podcast. So we work with entrepreneurs to find podcasts that are in their target market and speaking to their target audience. And we pitch them and we represent them. We reach out to podcast hosts and tell the host why our client is such a great fit for their show. And we get them booked as a guest. So um, that's what we do. It's pretty straightforward and simple. And it's been, uh, we book over 400 interviews a month now at Interview Connections. I have about 10 guest bookers working for me. So we've grown uh, really fast and furious over the last few years. And I think that just speaks to the power of podcasting is a lot of people are starting podcasts and seeing it be really successful in their business and in their life. Mm, yeah. That, uh, that you're from that description, that company, that everything that you guys do, it sounds extremely powerful, extremely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's a hard thing to kind of find because new guys like me were kind of, wondering how do I do this? How do I talk to this person? How do I connect with this person? But with your company, it, it takes all the guesswork out of it. Totally. Yeah, exactly. And we do, you know, I've talked to people that say, well, I don't need help finding guests. I know so many people. And I say, great, we're not for you. But there's people that start a podcast and they don't have a whole Rolodex of people that they could ask or they don't have any connections yet. They have no idea where to start. And so that's kind of where we come in. We're very good at doing that, that web research to find people. And we also have a database of literally thousands of people that we've booked on different shows and podcasters that we've brought, you know, guests to. So it really shortcuts people's, um, you know, kind of shortcuts their success a little bit because we can make connections that they, you know, would have taken them forever to make. So it's, and it's just so fun. I mean, some people call me the matchmaker of podcasting <laughs> because I can think of so many examples where, you know, people that are best friends or their accountability partners or they're meeting every week and, you know, they met through a podcast interview that, you know, my company connected them for. Wow. That's cool. So now were you into podcasting before all this at all or this just kind of went hand in hand I mean, as a listener, yeah, I, you know, my, my husband and I, we've been together for almost 10 years. Um, we've been married for about five and dated for a long time before that. And he is always from when he was a child through today, like he listens to NPR every single day. Like it's in the car on the radio <laughs> in the morning. So we always have talk radio on. So we pretty much always have podcasts or NPR playing. So I have always listened to podcasts. Um, but didn't think about starting my own podcast even until after I started Interview Connections. So I never, you know, it's funny because some people say like, I want to start a business in this. For me, it was kind of, I kind of fell into podcasting mm -hmm. as a business. You know, I saw, I, I, first, you know, I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. So I started whatever I could do from home. I mean, I was literally one of the tasks I was doing, I was checking links on my dad's website. I mean, it was the most boring thing in the world. <laughs> I'm like, I have a bachelor's degree. I've got six years experience running a nonprofit <laughs> and I am clicking links to find broken links. I mean, it was a little bit frustrating at first, but I think, you know, whenever you go into a new field or a new industry, new line of work, you know, you kind of have to pay your dues. And so I was just doing doing whatever I could charge some money for. And, and then, you know, when the podcasting kind of fell in my lap, I just started to see, okay, there's an opportunity here. What can I do to really make the most of it? And, you know, it wasn't until about a year after I was booking interviews, being the behind the scenes podcast person that I thought, okay, I think I need to have my own show. And I was really afraid to start a podcast actually for a while. Like it was a lot easier for me to give tips about podcasting when I didn't have my own show. Cause I was like, oh, you know, my expertise is as a listener, you know, I'm giving uh -huh. you objective information, but, um, but I realized, you know, I can't, <laughs> it's, and it was, I was afraid of starting a podcast because I didn't think I would be good enough. You know, like how embarrassing would it be if this person is a podcasting, you know, podcast interview agency and I started a podcast and it stinks. Oh, so there yeah. was that fear of <laughs> failure. Yeah. And, uh, and so eventually I just got over that <laughs> because I realized everyone sucks when they start. <laughs> Absolutely. You got that right, man. Yeah. I, and I, I've been saying this same story a lot, but 
I come from years of producing audio, and this mm-hmm. setting this podcast up was kicking my butt when I was first trying to figure it out. That's crazy. So, did you? What's tell me about your background in audio? I was I was kept mic on you. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. I've, I've been a musician for years uh, since I was like ten years old. So wow. I've been doing this music and audio thing forever. And I tried wow. to set up a yeah. podcast, and it took me a week to figure it out. I did an interview all the way through. Got, played it back. With now, check this out. I used the the recommended software for PC, mm-hmm. and it failed over and mm-hmm. over and mm-hmm. over. I was like, "What is going on?" I've been following YouTube videos and mm-hmm. tutorials and everything, and it still did not work. And I was like, "I've been doing this for years. Why am I having trouble with something so simple?" Oh so my gosh. I, you know, it took me a week to figure it out. And of course, what it something that didn't work initially. All of a sudden works now, so I'm, I'm just not I'm not second guessing it, but it works. So you are, I mean, that's that can be the issue with software recording is there yeah. sometimes there's no explanation, and I record on software too. I'll use GarageBand for a solo episode. Mm-hmm. I'll record, you know, either with the Skype call recorder or if I have a podcaster on my show, I'll say, hey, do you mind recording your audio? And then I'll, you know, have my producers edit a double ender, which sounds yeah. a lot better than a Skype call recording. But mm-hmm. um, from what I hear from a lot of really experienced podcasters is use, you know, hardware, like actually have an SD card that you're recording into uh-huh. because software is just sometimes you cannot prevent those, the, the failures. There's no explanation why they don't work sometimes. Right, exactly. And, and and I my software seems to be okay, you know, and I had to go out and buy a new router. You know, it was crazy. <laughs> Yeah, that's so frustrating. I know I was going to, when I first started my podcast, I thought, okay, I have no idea how to edit audio. That's all a mystery to me. But it was also, you know, early on in my business, cash flow wasn't great. I don't even think I was, you know, I, money was coming in, but I don't think I was really making any money because I had right. expenses. And so I thought, but I want to start a podcast. Oh God, I can't afford $300 a month for somebody to edit my show. Yeah. And so I tried to do it and I probably spent like an hour and a half, like, messing all with all the dials. I'm like, I don't even know what this stuff does. (laughs) So I, I mean, I use my co-host Corey Coates co-owns Podfly Productions and I connected with him and he's like, just send me your episode. I'll just do it for free. And I was like, are you sure? He goes, yeah, let me just show you what we can do. And he sent it back to me and I thought, oh wow, that sounds good. And and he probably (laughs) did it really quickly too. Oh, he probably did it so fast. And you know, I spent an hour and a half doing it. It didn't sound half as good. And I wasted all that time. And I thought, and it was just kind of a reality check because I thought, all right, I could spend an hour and a half trying to edit my own show, not doing a good job, or I could send it to someone, pay them to do it and spend an hour and a half growing my business and serving my clients, which is probably actually making me money. So it was a good decision from right from the get go. I, you know, outsourced the task of something I have no idea how to do. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the typical entrepreneurial quandary (laughs) outsourcing you know and we're so afraid that somebody's gonna screw it up but i mean you just kind of have to take that chance and leap of faith i guess you could say it's i mean it's a good lesson the whole delegating and outsourcing thing because i mean even and i pride myself on being great at delegating grading out outsourcing i've got a whole team of guest bookers and and it's funny because just recently antonio i got an executive assistant uh somebody to actually assist me personally and it took me so long to get there and i realized i got to this point where i just was feeling so busy and i felt like i was like my day was just directed by my email every day it Mm. was just putting out fires and if an email came in that's what i did and then if i didn't have any emails i'm like i don't know what to do because i don't have emails it was the productivity was at a low point and i was on my mastermind call and i said i don't know what my question is i don't know what i need to work on i just know that i am just always putting out fires my email leads me and i i don't know what to outsource and there were a couple people on the call that are virtual assistants and and i just kind of listed a couple things i'm like yeah like i'm dealing with you know what order declines like you know like if if a client credit card declines like i'm dealing with that and they're like whoa 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 like that is one task that the ceo should not be handling like that is totally something an assistant should help with yeah and they were like you need an assistant it's one of those things where if you're thirsty you should have been drinking water already yeah they're like, if you're feeling this overwhelmed and busy, you need an assistant. And so, um, so somebody was that was actually on that call in the mastermind group uh, came on board as my EA, and it's been 
like life changing. And she's a person that was, you know, you emailed and asked me to be on your show and, yeah. and you know, Kate got it all set up and she put it great. on my calendar. And it's like, Oh my God, it saves me. And it's like a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there and it adds up. And now I don't know yes. what I would do without her. <laughs> yeah, it does. So now you've mentioned a couple times about having a mastermind group. Now, how yeah. important do you feel a mastermind group is to being successful? I think it is so, so important because for, okay, for a couple of reasons, a, when you're growing a business, when you're working to reach a level of success, it's really critical that you're surrounding yourself by people who are going to lift you up. So, and also, you know, there's the, uh, Jim Rohn said, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. So by that answer, you want to be spending as much time as possible with people that will lift you up and will help you reach higher levels of success. So in my mastermind group, it's actually my dad, I, I've mentioned a couple of times as a business coach. So it's actually his mastermind program. And yeah, he makes me invest financially. I am my dad's paying client. <laughs> I don't get a free ride. And so I'm in his group and it's great because everyone in the group is fair. You know, they're action taking entrepreneurs. They're not trying to find the easy route and people really help you. And the other reason I think it's really helpful to be in a mastermind group is it's a safe place to celebrate your successes. I mean, I don't know about you, Antonio, but a lot of times, you know, if I'm feeling like if something really great happens, I almost don't want to like post it on Facebook or there are certain people I don't want to tell because they might think like, Oh, good for you. Like yeah. life is so great for you. Right. Like you almost feel embarrassed and you don't want to sound like you're bragging. Right. But when you have a mastermind group, that's a place where you can feel safe to say, I did this thing. I feel really great about it. And people say, yeah, you did do really well. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think that's really important because, you know, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, you know, you're going to be reach, you're going to celebrate, you want to celebrate victories. You're going to have successes and you want to be able to take a moment to have people say, well done. So, I mean, that's it just for the mindset. Um, but also just to have some guidance from people who have reached levels of success that you haven't gotten to yet. So, I mean, there's people in my mastermind group that have reached, um, you know, high six figures, seven figure businesses who have been in business for 10 years. And so, they can give me tips around things that I don't know yet. So I've brought ideas to my mastermind group. Like I remember this one idea I had, it was like, it was about two years ago and I thought I would hire a virtual assistant to do something. It's a little fuzzy, but I'm like, I'm going to hire a VA and she's going to do all this stuff. And literally on the mastermind call, one by one, everyone said, don't do that. Oh. Don't do that. And I was like, oh my God, I thought this was the best idea. And they were like, don't do it. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to do it. And it's just, and it was not, it was not a good idea. Yeah. So it's just, they can really, mastermind groups and coaches can really, you know, shortcut your success. They can save you a lot of money and a lot of time by telling you not to implement your dumb ideas, <laughs> but yeah. also give you really good ideas too. Like things that you wouldn't have thought of, they can give you a really good idea too. <laughs> so now you said you, you, you're part of your dad's mastermind uh, program. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. It's the dream business mastermind and coaching program. Now, how do you find members to be part of your personal mastermind group? Is that something you pick yourself or they're just there to be part of it? Yeah. So, okay. There's a couple different kinds of mastermind groups. So, uh, so I don't have a personal mastermind group that like I choose the members. So in my dad's mastermind group, it is a paid mastermind. So he mm -hmm. leads it. That is his business. So members, everyone in that group pays a minimum of $500 a month to be in that group. And there are VIP level, um, members that are paying, you know, like $1,800 a month and they get more with the program yeah. um, from my dad. So everyone in that group is a paid member. So basically my dad is the person that is attracting and signing people up in the group. Mm -hmm. I have had mastermind groups where um, I connect with another entrepreneur and, you know, we come together and we're like, you know, I was, a ma I was in a um, private mastermind group with a friend of mine and we, you know, we were kind of in similar places. Like she had some strengths and that weren't my strengths and vice versa. So we would meet one-on-one. And it was mm -hmm. just kind of, we were, you know, attracted to each other and we realized we could help each other. And so we did that for about a year, you know, she and I would meet, um, 
So I think, you know, to kind of answer your question, like how to, you know, find people for your group, I think if you're going to facilitate your own mastermind group where it's not paid, but people come together um I do think it is important for one person to rise up as somewhat of a facilitator Mm -hmm. because if nobody is taking leadership and kind of guiding the conversation, it does kind of – sometimes the conversations are just that. They're just phone conversations. So in my personal mastermind that I did for about a year with a couple of friends of mine, I mean it was great to meet with these ladies because we did help each other but because none of us – you know, raise their hand, and say, I'm going to facilitate these. A lot of the calls were just like, there was no structure to them. Um, yeah, but if you structure. have somebody, yeah, exactly. Like if you have somebody that can kind of lead and take notes and say, okay, now it's your turn. And now it's your turn. I think you can get a lot more out of them. Um, and it's, you know, it's funny. I think, you know, with anything you do, whether it's choosing somebody for a mastermind or, um, thinking of, you know, podcasting, um, you know, choosing a co-host, if you want to have a co-host, you kind of have to know in your gut that that, that these are people you actually want to, to spend time with. And that these are people that you feel like you can trust. And then again, are going to lift you up. You know, I've been approached in the past people saying, Hey, you know, we're kind of putting together a mastermind group. Do you want to join it? And quite frankly, I felt like they were, kind of further behind in the business journey than where I was. Mm -hmm. And I almost felt like I would have been doing a lot of the mentoring and coaching where, you know, but I want to be around people that are going to kind of pull me ahead. So it's kind of a balance because obviously like if I'm in a mastermind group where everyone is ahead of me, they want to feel like I'm going to help them. But I think you always have, you know, you have strengths and weaknesses. Like in my mastermind group, there's one person I can think of who's very successful. He's at a successful dental practice. He's a real estate investor. I assure you, he probably has a much higher net worth than I do. (laughs) Been in business a lot longer. But when he's decided to start a podcast, he had no idea where to start. And I could offer all of the tips and uh, direction that he needed in that front. So you kind of bring everyone brings different levels of experience for different things. Wow. That's yeah, that's that's incredible. I have yet to uh, be involved in a mastermind. It's it's always something that appeals to me more and more every every week, pretty much, because mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm starting to feel like a sponge. You know, I mean, this podcasting yeah. thing is new to me still. So I, I'm really uh, questing for some knowledge. Yeah. It's like, you have to know what your goal is too. Um, you know, what do you want to get out of it? What is that specific goal and be, you know, in a group where that, that is a goal that the, the, the facilitator, the group, um, you know, the coach of the group, or, uh, you know, if it's a just small mastermind of just a couple of people that come together and there, nobody's you know paying to be there. Um, I think there has to be that focused goal. I mean, there's a lot of groups that are, you know, Facebook group masterminds where there's like a couple hundred people in it. And I think those, I don't really think those are mastermind groups. Yeah. Um, I think a mastermind group has to be where, um, you know, there can be, you know, in my, the paid mastermind that I'm in my dad's group, there's you know about 30 people, mm-hmm. but still everyone, you know, there's private calls. We get to know each other. There's an event that we all go to every year. So, um, I think it's great to, you know, to, as far as finding them is to just ask around to other people that are in similar places or maybe a couple steps ahead of you and wherever you want to go and say, Hey, do you have a mastermind that you're in that you really like? Um, just like with your high, when you're hiring someone or finding a service provider, um, getting referrals, I think is super important because anyone can make a fancy website and say they're the best at something, but there's a lot of, um, horror stories of people that, you know, seem to be perfect on the outside. So I think referrals are really important. Yeah. Big time. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Jessica, you are very, very busy person. Uh, you've got a lot of good things going for yourself. And before this, you were doing a lot of organizational things before pregnancy and everything. Now let's go back a little bit further. What was the very first entrepreneurial venture Hmm. That is a good question. Um, hmm. I think that the very first entrepreneurial, I don't, cause I didn't, you know, I'm not somebody that was like an entrepreneur from day one. I always had, uh, you know, jobs throughout high school. And as soon as I could start babysitting, I was babysitting. Um, so I feel like while those weren't, you know, entrepreneurial ventures, 
I feel like I had the the work ethic of an entrepreneur from very early on. Like when I was a teenager, when I was at 13, my dad lost his job. He got skin cancer. And so our family, you know, financially went, while I never, I always had a roof over my head. I always, um, you know, had meals to eat. You know, there was no extra money to say, here's 20 bucks, go to the mall with your friends. Like from very early age, you know, my siblings and I, we had to earn whatever money we wanted to spend, you know, for fun stuff. And so I knew from very early on that there's, there's no handouts. There's no, there's no free lunches. Mm-hmm. Um, you earn and you work for what you want. And so, um, you know, while those weren't businesses in and of itself, um, for me going, you know, babysitting, I remember all throughout high school, like when I worked at the pizza place and the ice cream shop, I was working Friday nights when my friends took Friday nights off to go to the mall and the movies. (laughs) Those were the, those were the nights where I would make money. And, um, so I've been a really hard worker from day one, but it, it really wasn't until I started this business that I was a true, you know, business owner and entrepreneur. I've always had jobs before this. Oh, okay. So what do you feel is the one hardest thing that you struggled to overcome in your business that you've since conquered? That I've since conquered. The hardest thing to overcome that I've since conquered. That is a really good question. Um, hmm. I mean, I think, I think, you know, building a team and, and delegating and just mastering, you know, I've, I can, you know, confidently say, I really feel like I've conquered, um, you know, creating a really great team culture and team dynamic and having defined roles for everything that's done in my business. And it's still a work in progress because as the business grows, new roles are created that weren't needed before. Um, but I feel like I have conquered that, you know, with the support of, of my current team members. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, when I got pregnant with my second child, um, Lucy, she's 16 months old. So I guess a year and a half ago when I was pregnant with her, um, I had to grow a team. I was pretty much a solopreneur. I had maybe one virtual assistant, one or two virtual assistants helping me, but I really had to grow a team and to, uh, delegate as much as I could so I could take maternity leave. And it was a huge challenge because my business was growing fast. I mean, I've gone from, um, you know, zero dollars as a new entrepreneur three and a half years ago to, um, you know, like I said, we I'm in the low to mid six figures of my business with over 400 bookings a month. So it's going really fast and growing that team has been a really, really crucial part of that growth. And I feel like, it's just been in the recent past that I feel like I've really conquered that and and we have a really well-oiled machine here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and I've really come to realize that eventually I will have to build a team if I want things to go smoothly. And that's that seems to be one of the bigger uh, challenges for entrepreneurs to to swallow is that you're going to yeah. have to get some help, buddy. You know, you can't do yeah. everything yourself. Exactly. So what's the one thing currently that you're struggling with in your business? Hmm. Um... The one thing currently that I'm struggling with in my business are the the very unsexy side of business ownership. And I'm talking like the the legal aspects of business, the accounting, business insurance, like all that stuff that you really need to do and take care of as a business owner. Mm-hmm. I have zero interest in doing it. So it's really like <laughs> I struggle to do it. Like um yeah, just different like legal documents. And luckily I do have a husband who is a lawyer. So I'm like, Jamie, I just need you to do this for me. How, how convenient. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, I mean, he has his own, jo- he has a job and a law practice on the side. So it's like, not like he has all this free time, but I'm right. like, I really can't do this. And um, yeah, so there's just, there are really just unsexy, unfun parts of the re- you know, reality of running a business. It's not all marketing and sales and serving your clients. Like you have to, um, you know, have a privacy policy on your website. You need to have a terms of service. And it's like, guess what? You need to write those or like you have yeah, someone write yeah. those. You need to get business insurance. Oh God, I got to call an insurance agent. That sounds, I don't want to <laughs> do that. Um, yeah. So there's like all that stuff that I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> yeah, totally. Not nobody told you you have to do this. I thought it was all entrepreneurship and personal development. No, no, the There's boring some unfun parts of it. <laughs> yeah, the boring paperwork and uh, yes, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, you can't outsource it all too. Like some stuff you just have to do. <laughs> right. So, what's the uh, the biggest business triumph to date for you? Oh, the biggest business triumph to date. Um, 
gosh, I feel like there's a lot of uh, little things. Um, but okay, I'll going back a couple of years. So when I was about six months into my, well, maybe let's just say eight, like eight months into my business, like after, you know, eight months in after just starting as a virtual assistant, I joined my dad's mastermind group, started, you know, paying to be a part of the mastermind group. And I, right then I was at my annual revenue was $50,000. And I set a goal that in that year, um, this was the beginning of 2014. I said in 2014, my goal is to double my revenue. I wanted to be a six figure business and I doubled my revenue by July. So within six months, I went from 50,000 to $100,000 a year in revenue. Um, and so I think that was the largest triumph and I've, I've continued to grow from there, but, um, I was really, really proud and excited. And, and I'm saying, you know, from the beginning in January, when I set that goal, I really had a hard time saying six figures out loud. It seemed like, it seemed like a goal that was so far out there. I mean, I just looked at six figure entrepreneurs, like they were just this, like, it was just something I couldn't reach for years. Kind of like a unicorn. Yeah. I was like a unicorn, like six figures. Oh, only rich people make six figures. (laughs) And it's like, I hadn't, I've never been rich ever. I mean, I grew up like I always had to work, like I said. So, um, that was, and then to, to do that in six months was just like, Oh my God, it just opened my eyes to all the possibilities that are, you know, out there. Now, uh, to set a goal like that, there, I mean, to me, there's, there's some changes you have to make in your life and your lifestyle. What, mm-hmm. what are maybe the two or three, you know, key changes that you made in order to focus on that six-figure goal? Well, for one, I, hmm, I had to start investing. So at that point, I had grown. I got to 50000 a year in revenue by, you know, people referring business to me, um, some organic growth, uh, building relationships. But for me to really get to that goal, I had to put serious money out there. So one big thing that I did was I went to Nubia Expo, which is a conference that doesn't really in existence anymore. They think they went out of business, but um, I went to Nubia Expo, which was a huge event. Uh, really big event with my target audience. I, you know, got myself there, which I flight across the country, staying in a Las Vegas hotel for three or four nights, and then getting out of my comfort zone and meeting people, like mm. going up, shaking hands, meeting people, um, being so new in business, not knowing anyone, knowing some people that I met over email and could meet in person, but it was a very, very new experience. So not only was it just nerve wracking, but also financially. And I'm telling you that was going on a credit card. Like I was going into debt, mm. more personal debt to make that happen. And I also was at a point in my business where things were so new. I didn't have like a business bank account. I didn't, I wasn't incorporated yet. Like this was all still really a personal hustle. (laughs) Um, it was really a self-employed, uh, you know, self-employed hustle. And so that's what I had to do. I really had to get out of my comfort zone and take risks. So, um, and, and you know, that event has paid dividends, uh, years to come. I mean, two years after that, people said, Hey, I first met you at that event back in 2014. So totally worth it. But I had to get out of my comfort zone and start taking some, you know, some, I just start rolling the dice and seeing what I could, what I could do. Yeah. At this point, I keep, uh, Keep kind of glancing at the new podcast movement coming up. Uh, you do it. Where do you live? I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. Okay, yeah. So it's a it's a little bit of a hike, but I got yeah. further. I'm coming from Rhode Island, so oh my, um, yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's it's. I, I love podcast movement. I've gone almost every year except the year I had a baby. The same month that the event was, I couldn't go that year. But um, you know, it's a fantastic event. I'm a sponsor of podcast movement. I've spoken every year that I've gone, and I really cannot say enough good things about going to conferences and events. I mean, the people you meet, uh, the knowledge you gain. It's mm, yeah. it's it's just invaluable. You're, you're, you're selling me even more on it. <laughs> I'm a very good salesperson. Man, yeah. I, I, I just keep looking. I was like, I should. I should. No, no, no. Yeah, you should. Well, you know, I, yeah. yeah. It, it, who knows? It may happen. You know? Hey, I still got a little bit of time left. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, hang tight, successors. We'll return to our conversation with Interview Connections founder and CEO Jessica Rhodes after a word from our sponsors. 
Are you tired of using a ton of different services to help run your business? Here comes Zenlista to the rescue. With Zenlista, you can connect, post, schedule, and find content from all of your social media accounts. List and auto-update your company listing on over 300 sites and search engines. Generate live leads sent directly to your email. Monitor and manage your reviews and reputation before they're available to the public. See how you compare to your competitors. You can even create landing pages to gain new clients. Along with free one-on-one training after sign-up, Zenlista has all all of this and so much more, all in one place. Exclusive for the first 250 listeners, receive 75% off the regular price. Sign up today at the4pos.com slash zen. Again, that's the4pos.com forward slash z-e-n. And we're back with Jessica Rhodes, founder and CEO of Interview Connections. So, how to podcast... How, how did you get that into the syllabus of Western University in Ontario, Canada? I, that shocked me when I read that. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty exciting message to get. Um, so a lot of amazing things have happened with the podcast producer since we started uh, a couple of years ago. Um, you know, we just got uh, Shure microphones as a sponsor. Literally today, Antonio, I got a big box with a whole bunch of awesome gear. Awesome. Um, awesome. I'm a gearhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got, I don't even know all the names are in the other room, but that was really exciting. And so all that was, you know, that was their sponsorship giving us that gear. Um, uh, podcast movement was our sponsor in season two. And I can honestly say how we got this is, you know, g- you know, got the um, show into, you know, Apple's how to podcast section. Um, it all starts with creating an amazing podcast, mm. like putting the quality of the content, the production value, the time that you put into it. Like with season one, you know, we didn't get a sponsor for season one. We didn't try. Um, We like I can honestly say season one is an extremely highly produced, amazing show Mm -hmm. like none other. And um, it really blew people away. And we came out. We launched that season doing the show, um, you know, creating a show that was different from every other podcast out there, um, you know, in our category, you know, like, of course, there's just American life, there's, there's highly produced NPR shows. But when you look around at every other one of our peers, every other podcast kind of um, that, you know, we're friends with and things like that, nobody was creating a show like this. So first, we just produced a show that just blew people out of the water. And that got people's attention organically, like there was not a lot of marketing around it, very simple website, um, really just put a lot of focus on, um, you know, on the show. And so the professor of that class is one of our listeners. And, uh, so, you know, a little while back, he sent us a message and was like, Hey, you know, I'm teaching a class on audio journalism and podcasting. Uh, which episode should I have my class listen to? I'm like, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) So, um, and then, you know, with, uh, the, there's a section, uh, Apple in iTunes, um, called how to podcast and, you know, every other, almost every other thing that we've gotten, the sponsors in the how to podcast section, asking for it, you know, I literally just like reached out to Apple, followed up as many times as I could until I, you know, got a response of like, this is who we are. This is poor audiences. This is why we should get what we want. Wow. <laughs> and so, yeah, high quality show plus asking for what you want pretty much is, has had to do it. Yeah. I, I listened to uh, the podcaster, uh, um, the, uh, Producers. Yeah, the podcast producers. The mm-hmm. yeah, the quality extremely good, extremely yeah. good, and you not to mention shortcut on any of it. Yeah, and Corey's got a golden throat. You know, <laughs> you know. We let's face the fact here. That guy's voice is is great. It's perfect. You know. People, yeah, people tell him he he. Uh, <laughs> it's a bedroom voice. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, he, he's, he's a, a pro. lot of experience in radio, so he's yeah, yeah he's got a great voice for and it. And man, and it shows, it shows. Yeah, yeah, and that 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 highly produced thing, it, you, it made me question what I was doing. I was like, well, wait a second, do I need to start producing my show more? And I was like, yeah, maybe I don't know, or just have a secondary or or a third podcast where I actually do a, a bigger production. But then again, I started thinking, where am I going to fit this in my schedule? I have no idea. Tony, if I could just comment on that real quick, I think like 
I think the the lesson is just to always look at your show and say, hey, what can I do to make this better? It's not Mm -hmm. that you need to, you know, Corey is the producer of the podcast Mm -hmm. producers. He does all the editing. Uh, I kind of joke and say I'm the talent behind the microphone, but (laughs) (laughs) I didn't guess and I've secured our sponsors. So I've, I've got the voice and the sales aspect to it, but he does all the editing and he's got... I mean, and you obviously have audio um, engineering, lots of experience as a musician, um, but new to podcasting. I think it's just a matter of like looking at your show and saying, okay, what could I do to up level my game? You know, can I get a better microphone or could I add in some audio quality? I actually did an episode of Roads to Success about how to create an entertaining and compelling podcast. And I just give a lot of different ideas of what you could do to make your show um, better. And there's always things you can do. And it's just little steps at a time with roads to success. You know, I launched it interviews on Skype, um, Podfly, you know, did the editing. But, uh, since then I've thought about, okay, what can I do to make this better? Okay. Can I get original music? Um, can I, you know, up? so there's lots of little things you can do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now we get to the real deal of the show. This is a part where, uh, we get some information from you to inspire the successors in the areas of, Enhancing knowledge, health, wealth, and spirituality. Okay. So, Jessica, mm-hmm. what are you currently doing to enhance your knowledge? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so enhance my knowledge. Oh, I'll give you a fun one. I am learning Spanish. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's yeah, cool. And I'm really excited about it, and it was really inspired because I went to Cancun, and it's kind of funny because I went to Cancun, and I was at a five-star resort where everyone speaks English anyway, but it really inspired me. Like, if I'm going to go to a different country, I want to be able to speak their language, Um, and so I got this amazing – I found this awesome podcast called Discover Spanish, and so every day for at least 15 minutes, I go through the lessons, and it is like – I used to just, you know, listen to business podcasts and read business books. And I'm like, it's really actually awesome to kind of learn something that has nothing to do with business. And it <laughs> just kind of riches my brain. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet it is to, nice to just get out of that, that, that business zone because we tend to uh, rope ourselves in it a lot. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we have no room for like real life sometimes. Yeah, it's really fun to learn something different. <laughs> yeah. So what are you currently doing to enhance your health? Okay. Enhance my health. Um, so I work, I've been exercising regularly for a while and I eat pretty healthy, but just recently I started taking, (laughs) this is so little, so I don't know if people are going to laugh, but I started taking my multivitamin again, my fish oil supplement, my psyllium husk, which is just a couple supplements that a fitness coach has had advised me to take a while back. And I started flossing regularly. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. I mean, these are like all little things that really, I bet you almost every person listening is saying, I've been flossing in a while. And so I started flossing again. (laughs) Right. Yeah, Yeah, you're exactly right. That's funny. (laughs) So uh, what are you currently doing to enhance your wealth? Oh my gosh. Okay. So enhance my wealth. Um, so there's just, uh, I guess, a lot of things in my business. Um, I have written a book, uh, as you mentioned, the intro called Interview Connections, How to Rock the Podcast from Both Sides of the Mic. And I I wrote that book and I'm launching it at the end of January. And that is really to enhance my wealth because I really believe in building um you know, becoming an authority figure and just building your platform of your business. And so for me to have a book and to add that to my platform, it really kind of positions me as more of an authority figure, which leads to more growth in my business. That's more wealth. (laughs) (laughs) Have you gotten into any types of uh, finance or like investment type things lately? Um, no, but for for us, we are still on a serious personal debt pay, paying off journey. Right, right. Um, yeah. You know, we're working through Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. So, oh, cool. um, you know, we are not, uh, other than having an IRA um, and saving for our kids' college fund, we're aggressively paying off personal debt. So I believe in doing that before investing anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what are you currently doing to enhance your spirituality? Oh, that's, that's a great question. I don't know, honestly, Antonio, I'm not a religious person. So, um, you know, I, I, I guess I do believe in like being spiritual and and thanking God and, uh, um, but I don't know. I don't go to church. I don't, I'm, 
I don't know how to answer that question. Maybe someone could enlighten me on how to enhance your spirituality. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> have you have you uh, done any maybe meditation or things like that? That's something I I really struggle with. I don't know. I can't turn my brain uh, off. <laughs> meditation sounds great, but my, my I have a very hard and maybe this is like the whole point of meditation is to learn how to quiet your brain. Right. Um, but I cannot figure out how to sit still long enough to do that. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I don't know. Some people can just pull it out of their hat, just bam, and they're meditating. And it's, I, I don't, I have no idea how they can do that. <laughs> I don't know, man. I got two, like I have two kids under the age of four. I'm like, work kids, work kids. Like there's no free time for me to say like, I'm going to wake up and meditate every morning. I'm like, okay, t- t- I'll try that in 10 years. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like if I meditate in the morning, I may fall back asleep. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, on only one of these four principles, what is the best advice you think you've ever received? Mm, the best advice I've ever received. Um, that is such a good question. I should have thought I should have thought of this more. Um so I think the best advice I've ever received is just not to not give up, you know, and mm-hmm. to just, just stay committed. Um, I've got, I'm very, I have an ex- extremely strong willpower and stubbornness and, you know, I don't give up. So, um, I think I, I can't really tell you who told me that. I think it's just kind of like a life lesson that, that we've heard, but, um, that's, I think the biggest thing is just just don't give up because, you know, it is hard work to grow a business and to reach certain levels of success. Uh, it's scary and uh, and you just have to not give up and stay stay committed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Are there any uh, modern technologies or apps or anything that uh, that you're using right now to uh, lead you to success? Well, I will tell you one app that I love, and it is called Voxer, and it is a walkie-talkie app that you can use for voice messaging with other people who use it, and it is leading me to success because it has enhanced relationships. It has made communication easier, which communication is the key to relationships. If you can communicate easily with people. Uh, it's great. So it's just a free app, um, where, you know, you just click a button and you say what you want to say, and then you turn the button off and it sends the message to people. So instead of texting and writing long emails, if you connect with people on Voxer, you could just send voice messages and it's, and it's great. I, I love it. (laughs) Sounds interesting. (laughs) So now you're, you're extremely busy. So this, this question, you may wonder how the hell am I going to fit this in? But uh, is there what's what's the one thing new new activity or technology or skill that you're looking to dive into? Now you told me you're about to start learning Spanish. Is there something other than that? I don't know if, if you even have room to fit anything else in. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, a new skill. What was it? New technology or skill or skill or activity or book or activity. something you're you're just interested in really to to, to learn and dive into. Um. So, I mean, I don't know if I could just give the Spanish answer again because I'm really excited about it That's and good, I think yeah. it's really fun and you know, I've never had a I don't know if it counts as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a hard time answering the question of like what's your hobby because I'm like, um, I, can my business be my hobby like podcasting, you know? I I I love what I do, so I don't like have these separate activities that I do, but um and I mean, when I say I'm learning Spanish, I'm telling you like a podcast I listen to and I talk out loud through it. So (laughs) it's a little thing. I don't go to a class or anything, but um, I think it's cool just to have something that, you know, I have my mind on and like, and I'll tell you some of the motivations I have, um, why I wanted to learn is like, my parents have a timeshare in Cancun. So we plan on going back there for vacation. And I really want to be able to speak you know, to all the people that work at the resort and in different places, I want to be able to speak to them in their language because I'm coming to their country. I want to speak to them in their language. And I also have a motivation to, to volunteer and support immigrants. Um, I've 
like learned, you know, especially out throughout the election season, like a lot about the um, issue of immigration. And there are, you know, children that are escaping really dangerous conditions in their country and they're coming here. And, you know, if they don't get paired up with a lawyer, um, they could be deported back to really violent living conditions. Mm-hmm. And I really want to help that. And, um, not being able to speak Spanish, I can't really do much to oh, yeah, help these yeah. people, unless like, um, except for you know donating and like supporting these organizations, and um, and so I would love to be able to learn to speak Spanish so I can get involved with people that want to come to our country because I think that's I think it's really important for people to be able to come here if this is where they're going to have a better life. Yeah, and right now that's a very volatile subject matter too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, hopefully I'll be fluent soon so I can get involved and make a make a big difference there. Good, good. So what is the one piece of advice you can give to our listeners to help them uh, lead their way to success? Decide, you know, decide what you want to have happen in your business and your life and decide to do the things you know are going to help you reach your goals. There's a lot of, um, you know, you don't, don't be thinking about it, like decide to go to podcast movement, Antonio, like yes. make the decision. <laughs> the more you say, well, you know, maybe I got to think about it. Like just decide and move forward. Yeah. Nothing happened. You know, my dad wrote a book called decide actually. And mm. he writes about Squishyville, like that, that area where you're like, maybe you're thinking about right. it. Nothing happens in Squishyville. Things happen when you decide. So that's my advice. Excellent. Excellent. I love that advice. So, by the way, Jessica has a special offer for our listeners exclusively. Jessica, what's that offer yet? Yeah. So we didn't talk a whole lot about one sheets. Um, we talked a little bit about what I do with interview connections and um, excuse me. So if you want to be a guest expert on podcasts, my biggest advice is to have a one sheet. And this is something that has your bio, your interview topics, your interview questions, and it really positions you as an in-demand expert for podcasts. And I have a template on my website. I sell it for $7, but for listeners of this podcast, I would like you to have it for free. So if you go to interviewconnections.com slash a la carte, that's interviewconnections.com slash a la carte. And get the $7 one sheet template for podcast guests. It's the second row down. Um, Put in the coupon code, the four POS, as in the four principles of success, the four POS, and you can get that one sheet template for free. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, that's going to be very valuable. That's good. I like that. Jessica, thank you very, very much for uh, being on the show. And finally, how can the listeners connect with you? Well, listeners can connect with me by going to my website, jessicarhodes.biz. That's Jessica, R-H-O-D-E-S dot B-I-Z. And if I could just give one more plug, um, my book is coming out. Um, it's You can get that at interviewconnectionsbook.com. I'm not sure when this podcast will be live, but it'll be launching late January. So interviewconnectionsbook.com, you can get the book for free. I'm just selling it for shipping and handling. So I'd love if you are interested in being a guest or a host of a podcast, um, my book is going to really, really help. Excellent. Successors, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation with Jessica Rhodes. She was awesome, and I'm uh, very happy she was on the show. Don't forget to share, subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, or wherever else you can find a podcast. They're all over the place. Thanks for listening, and prepare for success. Thanks, Jessica. Thank you. If you want to be more driven and more motivated in your life or business, go to the4pos.com forward slash free book and grab a copy of my book, Indulge Your Affirmative Motivation Within, 25 Motivations of Personal Development and Life Success. Get it now at the4pos.com forward slash free book. Again, that's the4pos.com forward slash free book.